Deck, your regular dose of music appreciation. Brought to you from the cold, dead hands of Seattle, Washington. My name is Rob Mora. Joining me today is local musician Rigo Hernandez. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thank you. Rigo plays, uh, makes beats. Uh, he operates under the name Slaying Mantis. Go check him out on SoundCloud. He's got some really dope beats. Uh, what are you listening to today? Um, today, specifically, I've been... Listening to a lot of old school hip hop. Oh, really? Like what? Um, mainly Def Jam recordings and stuff. Sick. I was going down the Rick Rubin it's rabbit been hole. It's so long. So yeah, He's got like, quite a beard on that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's epic. Mm-hmm. He's still hella old now. What is He's he doing? He's only fifty five. He just what? looks hella. He does old. Not look that old. He's like this godlike guru. Yeah. Um. So today. Uh, we are going to be diving into uh, failure. Um, this all-important topic that a lot of people, I think, forget about. Um, all success in life is based on failure. And the key is, if you're well-known, you want to fail as out of the public eye as possible. If you're somebody like the Beatles, you really don't have that option. So there was a point, uh, it was a summer of love, it was like 1967, uh, the drugs were in the air, it was in the water, everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. Until the man responsible for all of the Beatles' success, his name was Brian Epstein, uh, he kicked the bucket. And the Beatles were panicking. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, like, they didn't know what the hell they were going to do. This was the guy who would put them on the map. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so they decided that they had a bunch of songs in the vault, you know, and they were going to go you know, make a film because that's what they felt like they wanted to do. And this was all Paul McCartney's idea. I have absolutely no idea, like, whether or not any of the band members had, like, any input on it, but... I mean, I would like to think they did. It's possible. I mean, I remember him saying that they didn't do anything unless all four of them were together working on it. Okay. But, uh... So... These guys are not filmmakers. No. I don't know why they thought they would be able to make a film. Probably because no one had told them That's otherwise. true, really. When it comes down to it, like, these guys were superstars. Yeah. Like, everyone knew them. You know, they were on top of the world. They I don't, probably yeah. never had, or, like, at least within the five years before doing this, probably never had someone tell them this the is a bad part. idea. Yeah, I would say for the most part. And the guy who would actually tell them that this was a bad idea was now in the ground. So, yeah. Uh, it's not likely that... Jeez. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh, this film. <laughs> um, so, here's the, here's the story. Paul McCartney, uh, he said... He, guys, come here. He said, I have an idea I want to show you. And he put down on the table, he put down a sheet of white paper with a circle on it. Okay. And he said, this is our movie. <laughs> he said, this is... this. What do we got? <laughs> And they came up with a bus I, tour. I mean... <laughs> there, there's context behind it, you know? Yeah, but, like, what? Yeah, so... He back, just put a circle on a piece of paper? He put a circle on a piece like, of paper. I have to imagine there was a dot or some colorful drawings of animals or yeah, something. Yeah, like. Mean, it's like, this is our attempt at screenwriting. <laughs> circles. Yeah, circles. Yes. Buster blood vessel. <laughs> Plate of spaghetti in a dream. Jesus. I know, I wish I was making it up. So there is context behind the making of the movie. Um, so back in the 60s, 
uh, Ken Kesey, the famous uh, director. He's the guy who, not director, he yeah, wrote. He's not a director. No, yeah. but he wrote um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's not, technically he's not a director, but he uh, he directed these films that were essentially like bus tours. It was very like beatnik poetry. Well, yeah, I mean, was it him? Yeah, that did the electric Kool Aid. Oh test, yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. So that was very well known back then. Like, I think the Beatles being inspired by the drugs of the time. Oh yeah. We're just like, well, we can do that. That's just filming on a bus. We need to plan for anything. The magical just happened. We're the Beatles. I know ego. I mean, ego. I don't even know if like it's it's part ego, but like definitely a huge part nai- naivety. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Nativity. <laughs> Nativity <laughs> or right. just naiveness? Just mostly Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I watched the film. Um, and so I know what happens. Or rather, I actually don't really know. I felt like I was in a fever dream the whole time. But, yeah. so the movie is notable because it has five directors. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like all four Beatles and this one guy named Brandon. Of course. Um, fucking Brandon. Fucking Brandon. Where did, I didn't see any other mention of this guy doing my research. He's just like, oh, I'm just, I'm here. And he's like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Brandon. I probably just like after, before the movie didn't exist and after the movie self imploded. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So essentially what they did was they, they hired a bus. And they printed out letters that said Magical Mystery Tour. And it was... Honestly, I actually don't know whether or not the idea for the tour, like the movie, came before the songs they were writing. Because the songs that they wrote... Essentially, the film is like a 52-minute music video. Yeah. Before music videos were a thing. And in fact, the music is the best part of the film. Yeah, it's cutting edge. It's when exactly. the music's playing, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh, there's an album as well. You should go listen to it. Yeah, um, exactly. I don't know. The, the album is great. The album is like... Super representative of the psychedelic era, well, like just cutting edge. Yeah, cutting edge. Like they were at the top of their game. I mean, you you must have already listened to the album. If not, please go check it out. It's really, really solid. Like late sixties era psychedelica. But they already written half the songs for the album, and that was actually the B side. It's like Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields Forever. Mm-hmm. All the big hits were written before Epstein died. Before the idea, because they actually started filming the movie. Two, just two weeks after he died. Hmm. It was almost like a grieving process. So was he going to be a part of the movie? No. Okay. Literally, they had the idea... I think I believe it was Paul McCartney had the idea in his head like a year and a half before it actually started happening. The moment that Epstein was gone... They like, just this kept... is a bet. Good a time as any. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's They're like, do what it. we got in the idea bank? We need to take our mind off this tragic, this tragic happening. So... They rented a bus, and they wrote Magical Mystery Tour on the side, like big printed letters. And they hired, I don't know if they hired or, or held at gunpoint, maybe 50-odd people to, to get on this bus and uh, and have a day or three with the Beatles. Like, they Wait. essentially just toured the sides of London. But this was, like, a random 50-odd people? Like, yeah. Not this was, actors or anybody? I believe, I actually don't know. Like, none of the people that were on the bus are credited as actors in the film. Oh. So we have, for all intents and purposes, you could say that your grandma was on the Magical Mystery Tour. But and like that, 
that woman that like uh, Ringo is arguing with at the beginning of the movie. Oh, um, his aunt. Supposedly. Oh yeah, she's credited. Okay. I actually forget her name. I I believe it is indeed Jessica because her name is Aunt Jessie. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so she's a paid actor. Yeah. <laughs> Actress. I hope to God she was paid for that. Yeah. Because oh my God, the it's shit cruel. she had to go through in that film. So it's fifty-two <laughs> minutes. Um, I can't post. Uh, a link to the audio or anything because the Beatles will have my ass. But there is a very easy way to go watch this film. Just Google Magical Mystery Tour movie. It's like in the first top 10 Google results you can find of this film. And then you can watch it for yourself. Or don't. Because... Or don't. Yeah. Because... Please don't. Yeah. There's just like shots of people waving at the camera. Like, if anything, like the first two minutes is just everyone who was on the bus literally just waving to the camera. Yeah, and you like, can see it's like Paul McCartney telling people, just wave to the camera. Well, it's like your dad, you know, with this fucking VHS handy Like cam, the home movie, yeah. Like, except he's telling you uh, uh, 50 strangers yeah. to, to say hi to the camera. And your dad didn't do that? You know, yep. Paul McCartney wasn't your dad? Yeah. It, <laughs> he wasn't, unfortunately. Or fortunately. He's so poor. Or fortunately, it's <laughs> true. Yeah. God, I wish, imagine having him as a dad. Christ. I don't know. It's probably better than Lennon. Oh, <laughs> like, so true. There is a moment in the film where where Lennon is actually acting like a good father. Like, I mean, I'm sure he had good moments. I'm sure he had moments. Yeah, he was a complex human being. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole bunch of footage of people laughing and and waving at the camera, and a lot of people like a lot of footage just of the Beatles being like, "And we're here. You should be clapping because we're the Beatles." Yeah. But the ego is just so high up. Um, the very first real scene is Ringo Starr and Aunt Jessie walking and talking, and it's got a voiceover by George Harrison and overdubbed dialogue, like, in one. Like, they literally had to overdub. All the dialogue is overdubbed, except for what's in the bus. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's atrocious. And then they get on the bus, which some, for some reason has all these different people on it, and there's this guy that comes out, and his name is Jolly Jimmy Johnson. And you are all my friends. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Creepy bus Welcome driver. Welcome to the Magical Mystery Tour. Oh, he's really fucking creepy. Yeah. Like, where? Okay, so where's the exit? <laughs> and it's, it really does feel like a fever dream. You have this, like, eccentric, overexcited bus driver. Yeah. There's... But imagine if you were on that bus. <clears throat> like, my headphones would be going on. I mean, Papa Xanax. Like, I'm not enjoying that bus ride. I don't I mean, care what I, you say. I don't know. I'm trying to think of it from the perspective of the people that were on the bus in they real life. They all probably loved the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you love the Beatles, and there's this chance to just hang out with them. They're, like, in the seat right there. That's true. And, like, yeah, there's a camera in your face, but who yeah. cares? It's, so, yeah, you can see the impetus. Yeah. But if, what the footage in the film is, like, showing... No one's really happy to be on it. Like, they shot 11 hours of footage for this film. In one day? Well, over, like, the course of, I think, five days. So, like, a weekend outing, almost. Yeah. And they got 52 minutes out of it. Yeah. And a lot of it was just dumb. I could count on both my hands the amount of actual, like, segments in the movie. They're just, like, dumb three-minute increments. So, like... Ringo and Jesse are arguing because we're supposed to care about these characters and then there's a character that's introduced and his name is Buster Bloodvessel and I wish I was making that up 
this is the woman leans to him. He's like, who's that man? And he's like, that's Buster Blood Vessel. Uh, he thinks he's the courier. One time he thought he was the driver. And that's it. That's all the explanation we get just, until he shows up. This crazy guy. Yeah. That's uh, Mr. Blood Vessel. He's harmless. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. He just lives on the bus. We take yeah. care of him. Um, there's this weird extended segment with Paul McCartney where they do the first music video. Oh, yeah. Fool on the Hill. The Fool on the Hill. <laughs> Again, not a bad song, but when it's in this movie and you're watching just literally like footage of mountains and Paul McCartney spinning on a rock like a helicopter. Well, I mean, like if you take the video, like if you take that section out of context of the movie, it actually like, it's pretty- Out like, of context, that's the thing. It's, it's the a, context yeah. that ruins it. <laughs> like, and this, this applies for every single one of the, I think there were maybe four different musical- Video uh, videos. segments, yeah. yeah. Four or five, I believe. Um, if you're if you don't count the opening and the ending, like the yeah. the, the title, and independently, they're kind of groundbreaking. Like yeah. they're they're late '60s era music videos. You know, there wasn't anything like that back then. Not at all. I yeah. mean, they were like really cutting the fucking edge on that one. Exactly. They just screwed yeah. the pooch putting mm-hmm. it all together. <laughs> Even though it's literally just George Harrison sitting on the ground, what looks like a a keyboard made out of carpet just singing on Blue Jay Way, it was still, like, kind of cool. It was, like, reminiscent of, like, modern MGMT and, like, just weird... It's true. You can can trace it. You can trace it all the way back to it. Did you get to the Nazi segment? Not... Oh, yes. They're clearly... So it's literally just two characters. I think one of them is McCartney. Yeah. And the other one is just gibberish Nazi, like, obviously making fun of the Nazis, but the way it's framed... Every single one of the people on that bus is just led through the room like it's a museum. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the museum of Nazism. I mean, was it Nazism? It was like... It, they looked like Nazis. They were dressed in like kind of what looks like Nazi wear, but there was a poster. There were no flags, I will say. There was a poster on the wall that says Britons want you or something like that. <laughs> It's so strange. We're trying to get random topical. Ass, yeah, random ass detail. Yeah, but. we're trying to get political in our surrealist film where there's no plot. I mean, it was dumb. It's acid for you. Yeah, there was a three minute segment where this guy was yelling at a cow in gibberish. Oh yeah, yeah. I totally skipped that whole part. You're well off. It yeah. was awful, and then somehow it degrades into this, this. I don't know what it is, like, the feats of strength. Like, oh, they were celebrating Festivus. It reminded me a lot of Monty Python's... A little like, bit, it's the, true, the Olympics. but bad. Yeah. Like, left out in really, the sun too really long. Really, poorly done. Yeah. Or just too high to execute it properly. It was not good. Um, and then there's this weird race where everyone's racing to a finish point, and everyone gets into vehicles, yeah, and then Ringo yeah, yeah. gets into the bus... And, he's and the it's one a driving. tight race, and there's some stunt driving, but we don't care because it literally happened out of nowhere. There's, like, no stakes to this race. Yeah. This is the biggest problem with the film. Like, there's so much stuff that happens, and I feel like it was meant to make sense in a way. Well, there's probably, like, three hours of footage that Ex- you're not seeing. Yeah. No, ten hours of footage. Like, literally, we're yeah. seeing less than 10% of what got filmed. Well, I meant more so for, like, each part. Oh, you're like, oh, yeah. this, this should make sense. It's like, oh, there's probably, like, a good two to three hours of video. Yeah. Where it's all leading up to chronologically. And yeah. 
Um, it's just the worst. <laughs> like, if the... Sh- I feel like surrealism in film, like, people like to make fun of people who are surrealist directors like David Lynch be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. You just pulled that out of a hat. But there's, mm. like, an art to it. Oh, yeah. There's, like, you can sequence it and make it have its there's own a fucking internal skill. logic. Yeah, it's a yeah. skill. You can have your own internal logic to it. I feel like the surrealist part of this movie because it was technically a surrealist film like in in the sense that there were just a whole bunch of scenes that didn't make sense yeah. and they were like woo surrealism mystery. and the drugs they were taking mystery magical mystery <laughs> the tour <laughs> I mean it was kind of mysterious and like in that were, we didn't know what the fuck was going on yeah and there were wizards so it was <laughs> oh kinda, yeah it was kind of magical what the fuck was with the magician part I don't know they were like, I love where the voiceover George Harrison goes, and there were four or five magicians. <laughs> like, make up your mind. And then we get to the scene, and there's three. <laughs> well, you know, the other one or two aren't. In yeah, that's true. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but so, I think that was their whole claim to magical. You know. Do you wonder whether or not they literally just included magicians because it? had the word magical I, in the title I'm like almost well it's magical 100% sure my guess is they had so they had the paper with a circle on the table and then Ringo Starr goes magical mystery tour and then they just sort of Venn diagrammed each one of these yeah yeah, yeah I could I could see that and yeah. like they well so precursor to this they ingested a lot of acid oh yeah absolutely I think everyone was doing it yeah, on the bus, and probably as McCartney was drawing the circle, mm-hmm. he was already tripping. Yeah, and then they and the rest of them were all tripping correctly, and were yeah. like, correct. he drew a sphere somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mister Blood Vessel comes back. <laughs> oh my that's... god, that's the stupidest name! It's such a stupid joke, Buster Blood Vessel. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him credit for he it. He comes back and falls in love with Ringo's aunt. aunt I don't yeah. know if he's aunt if Jessie. she's her aunt. Is is she his aunt or is she dating him? No, no, no. She's his aunt because Uncle Jack died. But they're like living That's... together, and his dialogue, like he improvs dialogue at the beginning. Yeah, he ad libs. He ad libs, so he's just like, and you've been staring at all the men around here. Well, I knew, like they're in a relationship. Well, no, no, no. He's he. That's this is the only part of the film I paid attention <laughs> okay. to, like very close attention to. I forgive you. Um, and he mentions Uncle Jack passing away not that long oh. ago, and he's jealous of the fact that she's looking at other guys shortly after his Holy uncle shit. passes. And so now, knowing about the Epstein thing, I think like Uncle Jack in the film might be Epstein. <laughs> There's depth Maybe. to it. Maybe. <laughs> There's a lot of depth. Not, things we're not seeing <laughs> a here. Of, a, lot of, a lot of things to pick apart, plot-wise, <laughs> in this film. So anyway, Mr. Blood Vessel turns around and he... It's actually kind of cute. He's bashful and he's like, I have feelings for you. And then I think he dies. And then there's like a weird three-minute dream sequence where he's like on the beach with her. Mm-hmm. And he like slaps her around a little bit and like draws a heart in the sand. Yeah, I, I saw a music video happening of two older people on the beach, and I was like... But that um, wasn't a music video. I think... I don't know if that was Beatles music. There, well, there was music behind it, though. There was, but... That's true. Te- okay, so... <laughs> you know, it wasn't Technically, Beatles it's music. a music video. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. It was like a montage sequence yeah. of their their love, and uh, yeah, I skipped it immediately. Yeah, <laughs> like you it was, should. 
I thought it was kind. Of, well, it was kind of sweet. It was just. It was three minutes, and it was two minutes fifty seconds too long. Yeah. Like, yep. And then you could have said that about any one of the other segments in the film. So stupid. Um, John Lennon told McCartney that he dreamed that someone was plating him up a plate of spaghetti with a shovel. Yeah. And so they included it in the film, which was the only point of the film where it made me feel like physically sick like because yeah. it wasn't spaghetti it was like mud and then John Lennon's just standing there being like eh, you want some more well, also the sound effects they use the yeah and then there's like um, POV shots of the woman where blood vessels sitting there and he's like giving her all these where are these pulling these handkerchiefs from and he's like he rips up an onion I think it's an onion was okay. it a roller it looked like an onion it sounded like an onion he pulls apart an onion and starts eating the onion and then starts handing her handkerchiefs and then the uh, the bus attendant is got no shirt on yeah and there's these shots of these half naked sailors um, giving out milk yep um, totally skipped over that part <laughs> I like came in for a second heard and then to be fair it was in my opinion like a pretty accurate representation of a dream like I mean in that it made absolutely no sense um but oh my god I didn't know what I was watching that's like 40 minutes in yeah that was yeah yeah yeah. that's like well into the trip you're like oh my god Mm -hmm. oh god what else um there's well the song the video for I am the walrus I felt like that was genius that was great that was great. He's the Eggman. He's got like a little egg cap on his head. Yeah. There's like, so I was torn. I have to be honest. I was torn. It's still the context of the film that's ruining it for me. Yeah. Outside of it, like we mentioned, outside these are great. Yeah, I mean, there is an amateurish to it, amateurishness. Fuck this word. But it's like kind of goofy and kind of like kitschy, in a way that. Well, I don't know. It's it, it was good for its time. It's got a DIY charm to it. That's it. You know? Yeah. It's got this DIY Because it really like, was DIY. It was like just them like, fuck it. Yeah. Let's make this movie and like include our songs in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Who do you think made the masks? I don't know. But like they're pretty Brandon. <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> That's Jesus. how he got the director's spot. He's like, I made you these masks. <laughs> <laughs> like literally just I I mean, the the masks weren't that bad either. They're no, they're pretty they're, cool. Yeah, I mean, that's there. There's a reason why they're iconic. It's know? just really confusing mm-hmm. for the most part. What's funny is that the walrus mythos, the walrus cinematic universe, like became part of the the folklore of the Beatles, like part of their their mystique. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. yeah. Like yeah. in a way that I feel like shouldn't have happened for a movie that no one watched. You know, well, unless. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't know for sure whether or not they cut that particular segment out of the film and just aired it. Well, I feel like pre-internet, um, you know, you'd have a film like this come out and very few people watch it. But then they go on to tell all of their friends, like, "You had to have seen this thing, man! Like, it was crazy. There was a walrus, <laughs> there was spaghetti." Like it was I insane. really hope to God that's what happened. And so, like, no, this just... rumor just spread organically. Like, imagine The Room, right? Yeah. And when it came out, it, you know, it wasn't that he- heavily distributed. That's true. 
And it's taken a long time for it to like become iconic. Well, and... I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> so they made this movie. It's all done. They edited it down. It took them 11 weeks. This like, is uh, the... This is the finished product. Like, okay. The film. And they broadcast it on BBC One. Now, this is a colored film. And this is important. Yeah. Like, this film is in color. Uh, it wouldn't literally make sense if it weren't in color. It's a psychedelic film. Yeah. And they air it on BBC One, which can only do black and white. At the time. At yeah. the time. Yeah. So, everyone who watched it, they hated it. Like, most people. Like, like the response was scathing. So, Ringo contacted the BBC. And he was like, uh, you dipshits, this was a color film. <laughs> no one liked it because it was in black and white. So, they aired it on the BBC Two with color and no one liked it. <laughs> It's the same response. It's like, idiot, it has to be in color. <laughs> Don't you see? <laughs> this shade of purple is why people would have liked the film. Like, there's no magic if there's no color. It's <laughs> a magical mystery tour. It's not just a tour. <laughs> God. And then, so here's the kicker. They thought that no one would have liked the film enough to see it in the future, so they didn't keep a negative of the film. So any everybody who had a say in the production mm -hmm. was like, this is horrible, mm -hmm. we're going to burn it. Yeah. All four Beatles were just like, we won't, there's no point. <laughs> Which is why it's been so hard to reproduce. It started re-airing on, on independent college like television networks Okay. Uh, in like the late 80s, and that's when it started to get its resurgence. I mean, I could see it as like a really good VJ loop. Yeah. Yeah. Just the whole film as a VJ loop, and you put like I would have loved to see that. On it and That's true. And then Paul McCartney comes for your ass and sees. Yeah. Mm. I mean, well, comes in the bar. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid to touch that shit, man. Like anything Beatles related, I just I can't. I'm afraid. They got some powerful litigators. Well, yeah. I mean, when you can buy all of Michael Jackson's discography, it's like. <laughs> it's true. It's like, Holy uh, shit. Probably have some power there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what can we learn from this film? So it's uh, it was a massive failure. Yeah. No one's gonna say any different. Like a film like this, I think, is defendable. Uh, in that it has some of the first instances of good quality music videos for its yeah. time. Yeah. And you know, if you want to smoke a joint and like kill an hour. You probably will get a few laughs along the way. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So it's defendable, but I don't know if it's rightly, rightly defendable. I think everyone involved sort of assumed, maybe correctly, that it was kind of a waste of time. John Lennon decried it as just a home movie. It was essentially like movie. an hour of just like a home movie. Well, I mean, I feel like for them it might have been, you know, this like grieving process, this catharsis. That's, it's possible. I mean, we forget that these guys were humans too. And yeah. Like, if someone uh, close to you that was responsible for your successes apparently dies and you're like, well, all we know how to do is play music. We have to continue this on. Like, you know, I, I'd assume, I don't want to say panic, but, yeah, you know, so I bet they had egos high enough where they were just like, we could just try anything and it'll be fine. This was the first disaster. Maybe the biggest disaster, I'd say, in their career. True. Like, it was a, an enormous public flop and I think it was only saved by the fact that the music itself which they released as a soundtrack ended up becoming a classic iconic album yeah yeah I mean 
I didn't even realize there was a movie. I know, right? Literally, the album itself is technically a soundtrack. It's just that they, they started to categorize it as an actual album. Like, oh, no, we... It's possible they may have tried to rewrite the film out of their history and just be like, oh, we released this album here. Yeah. But it was released... It was intended to be released as a soundtrack to the film, which they assumed was going to be a success. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. So what can we learn from it? We can learn that, you know, as big as your failures may be, you shouldn't be afraid to try what you're doing because people will forget eventually. You know? I mean... I don't know if that's true anymore. I, well, I the mean... The internet is here now. The internet's true. Like, if that shit aired today, it would be all over. That's true. Oh, yeah, All you're over right. everywhere. Well, yeah, let's do this. In, let's do an interesting thought experiment. So say someone like... I don't know, who's a big pop star right now who's, like, in everyone's good graces? Let's say Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Right? Decides to make a sitcom uh, about... <laughs> <laughs> Let's say he makes a, a multicam sitcom with laugh track, with and laugh everything. track and everything. Right? It airs on ABC, and it's <clears> about. Uh, it doesn't even have to be about anything. That's know? true. It could just be like, here's. Uh, oh, oh, okay. So say he makes a sitcom about Compton, like, okay. like because that's his, that's yeah, what yeah, something yeah, he's very yeah. knowledgeable about, yeah, like Bompton. Yeah, Bompton. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Bompton. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just people. Um, he hires people and no, none of them are recognizable actors and he stars in it and then every five minutes he turns to the camera and waves or starts rapping mm-hmm. well how would I, Kendrick Lamar be judged in the future for it I just I don't even know if it's possible to make a movie like the Magical Mystery Tour anymore maybe you could like, take a lot of acid and try it many, many films have been done you can just well, look on YouTube I, I mean yeah but I, I guess I don't know if it's possible for anyone of that level of success to go that long with doing something without having someone on their team go, yo, this is ass. <laughs> well, there was that uh, that super uh, that Star Spangled Banger performance by Fergie. Oh. No one told her no. Yeah. And I mean, it happened. It wasn't a full production, but I mean, everything that goes into that is just like, that is a decision made by multiple people. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like that with the internet and you know the hyper awareness of everybody and just how like how quick people are to judge nowadays, that artists are much more weighted in their decisions. Yeah, and even then, even if they are reckless, um, I feel like it's easier to spin off as like a publicity stunt, like Kanye. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, people have such short memory nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, if you treat it correctly, and people don't keep coming back to it... Yeah, it's just gone. Yeah. Which is essentially, I think, what happens happened to this film. Like, no one remembers it. No one who's inside the sphere of influence of people who are fans of the Beatles, anyway. Yeah. You know? I mean... Jeez. Oh, now I'm going to remember it yeah. <laughs> I know. Having just... taken notes, and, and I don't think I'll ever get this film. I'm going to dream about it tonight. It's... it's uh... It should have stayed in dreams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or on records. Or on records. That's yeah. true. Just make the soundtrack, people. Yeah. Don't don't pick up a camcorder and like if you've never done that shit. Yeah. Or oppositely, pick up a camcorder and do it. Why not? We're gonna laugh at it fifty years later, but yes, that's true. Yeah, but you know what? People are gonna forget about it, and you're gonna be all the better for it. Look, true. the Beatles are known for their music and their their changing of culture. 
Yeah. Not, not for a film about people shoving mud onto plates and spaghetti but and now I'm Buster hold, Blood Vessel. Now I'm going to hold that against them for <laughs> so, so long before I forget yeah. about it. Artists, this is, this is a rallying cry. Make your magical mystery tour. Do it. Yeah, try shit and fail. Yeah. Um, and then send it to the tape deck. Yeah. Yeah. Send it our way. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, hope your commute's great. People are watching this? With their ears. This is the future now. Take care, everybody. Bye.